Welcome back to Simple Joyful Home, a Come Follow Me podcast with Emily and Alicia. Week after week, they'll draw inspiration from the reading, leaving you with simple and useful tools to strengthen your confidence, your spirit, and your family. Together, you'll transform the study of religion into a real relationship with Christ. Powerful tools and superstar listeners like you means everyone can have a simple, joyful home. Take it away, ladies. Hello, welcome. Hi, this is Emily. And this is Steve. Steve is here. This is my husband, Steve. Hi, everyone. <laughs> and we are excited to have Steve and Emily on today together because yeah. they have pretty cool dynamic. You guys are going to love hearing them talk about um, our topic today. And our topic today is on Easter yeah. and um, it's, yeah, it's leading like, up to Easter yeah. and conference. Conference, yeah. So it's a fun week to listen and there's lots of neat things the church is putting out to lead up to Easter. They always do such a great job. And one thing that we learned this new this year is they're starting a little thing called like a campaign or a hashtag or something that says starting today. And it actually, if you go into, if you have the app, the church's app, if you go into their study guide and you you search like starting today study guide, it'll pull up and you can, there's like five or six, maybe even seven little lessons that you can go and read. And it's different than what I've seen before. Anyway, sorry if that was a little confusing, but. And it's awesome. It's not just stuff you can read. You can like watch videos yeah, it's, and it's catered to family, yeah. kids. There's some action items that you can do together as a family, which we love around yeah. here. So go And you can it, just do it like it one a day a week or mm-hmm. one day leading up to the thing, like one a day. Anyway, so that's really cool. <laughs> like, so, but today when we were reading through the Come Follow Me lesson, um, there was a, a set of questions that were posed in the in the study, and one of the questions is what we'd like to to kind of focus on today. And the question is, how can I tell if His atonement has effect in my life? And when we were thinking about this and and talking about it, um, my husband Steve is really great. I love discussing things with him about Christ's atonement and repentance and different things. I think he has a neat perspective. And I learn every time we talk to him. So we just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about maybe that question, what it looks like in our lives. Yeah, well, to me, when I think of the atonement, I think of how it enables us to overcome so many challenges in this fallen world. The lesson that we have for our priest quorum next next Sunday is why do we have, why is the atonement necessary? And And to get there, you understand the fall and and this fallen world that we live in is an opportunity to learn and grow and gain experience, but it's also one that really shows us how much we depend on the power of our Savior to overcome the challenges of this life. And the challenges that we have in this life are diverse. There's many different types of challenges, but the atonement of Jesus Christ is this all-encompassing power and influence that helps us overcome anything, whether it be temptation, whether it be overcoming feelings of inadequacy or or not having the strength to bear your burdens or trying to find forgiveness towards someone who's offended you. Really, there are so many wonderful dimensions of the atonement that come together and play a role in our lives and help us overcome the challenges 
that we have in this in this fallen state in this life that we live. And so I I've been thinking about a few of those things and I think the main one is just the the ability to repent and when people think of the word repent they think it's like this this scary thing but I I like to tell others when I'm you know talking to the young the youth in our ward and everything that that repentance is is a way to change and and when you find it change and improvement that is a lot less scary thing and that I hope brings people closer to that desire to come into Christ because we all have things that we want to change and improve about ourselves. Well, yeah, actually there's, I heard this saying with repentance is if you thought of it actually as return, some, it's like a way we can think of it a little differently that may be easier to apply, but it's a return to him. It's a return. It's kind of like we were going one way and it's just, Hey, just come back here. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that idea of, of returning to our Father in Heaven because we, we all came into this world perfect. We came into this world from our Heavenly Father's presence, and He, part of the infinite plan was to, to send us in this place where we'd have life's experiences and to be able to have those things that turn us to our Savior and return us back to our Father in Heaven and, and living in, in harmony with Him and having having that peace and presence in our life is is what the atonement allows us to do. Yeah, and I, I feel like when we say repentance, it must mean that we're lacking. We must have done something now we don't have it anymore, and we have to repent to get it. But I like the thought of return because it's saying you have it, and so it's just this process of returning. One of the things that I love about what you're you're both talking about, we forget to use the atonement in the many, many ways that it, it applies in our lives. Yeah, and, we almost think it's just repentance. Yeah, and and when you talk about it, Emily, like a return, it really encompasses those many, many dimensions. It takes it out of just repenting of sin, and really it's it becomes something so much grander or easier for me to apply because in those moments where maybe I haven't necessarily sinned, but I, I have had doubt in myself, it's that return to the person, to God, the one who gives me all strength, all value, all worth. It comes from him. And it reminds me that if I return to him and that daily repentance, we hear it all the time to repent daily. And I'm always like, well, what do I repent of daily? I'm sure there are many things. I just can't always think of them. But when I think of returning to him daily, it's totally it different. takes me yeah. And puts me in my heart in a place where I can find those things where I do need to repent and also find those places where I need his strength and the atonement can give me that. Well, and I also, like when Stephen, we were talking about it, a lot of times we think this return or this repentance or whatever is this big moment. And yeah. I loved yeah. Steve's thoughts on this. And, and I think it's, it, it is a continual drawing on the power that is offered us through our Savior at least in my own life, and I've observed it in others, thinking that in some ways repentance in, in big things are, are an event. Um, and as, I, as we get to understand the, we, and work together, we realize that it's not an event, it's more of a process. It's a process of change. It's an evolution, something that, that grows as you replace 
the disposition to do those things contrary to God's commandments with a disposition to do good and serve others. And so when I personally and when, when those I, I have the opportunity to serve and help along this path of repentance, we, when we introduce the Savior into this process, when we talk and we learn and understand the scriptures better, read certain scriptures that speak and testify of Christ, it naturally leads to a, a disposition to set aside those things that are contrary to God's commandments and really embrace the things that will lead us to happiness and a restitution. And that's, that's what I love about the scriptures, especially the Book of Mormon, how it testifies of Christ and it enables you to change and to grow and to be a better person. And that's how we can really tell if the atonement is having a, a role in our life if we find ourselves on that path of changing and growing. Yeah, and, and one thing I loved when you were talking was it's not just this boom moment, and rarely is it a like a boom moment. Oh, I've, I'm now just a different person. I've changed. And yeah, and, and sometimes when you read some of the scripture events, they're pretty spectacular events, like Alma the Younger having the angel appeared to him, or the people who listened to the words of King Benjamin, they all all of a sudden said, hey, we have no more disposition to do evil. Or Alma, you know, he was in a state, quite a state for for a few days. And, <laughs> yes, right. and, and I'm sure that process was really wherein, or it was a pretty intense process at the time. There's a lot we can learn from those stories, and I believe they're true. And I, I believe the more common effect that we have now is, is a more drawn out or sustained effort and process to become better. And I, I would say that even in the case of Alma the Younger, I would say that his repentance and the power of the atonement in his life was not just in that those three days where he was in despair, but it carried on with him and it sustained him through his service, through his mission, through his ministry, through through the challenges that he faced as he tried to help his sons become better. And and the power of the atonement was was something that was part of his life, not just in that one event, but throughout his his whole life as a disciple of Christ. Yeah, I like that. And, you know, it actually made me think of the Doctrine and Covenants and Joseph Smith and how his example is a process. Hmm. I mean, it started when he, you know, was young and had desires. And then he talks about different times in his life where he was pushed to change and it was over time. And then to see where he came as a prophet and his relationship with his heavenly father and the church was such a great growing, but it took many years to, to go through that and change. So I think it's a good example of both of the ways that this atonement works. One of the things I love that both of you point out in each of the examples is that word power, accessing the power of the atonement. And um, in the most recent conference, Enduring Power, that talk, Enduring Power by Elder Kelly R. Johnson, he talks about how President Nielsen, that has been like his word. He teaches about it all the time. And one of the things that he says is, since we have sustained President Nielsen as our prophet, he has taught about the principle of power, spe- specifically God's power. 
and how we can access it. And then he talks about a lot of the ways that we can access that, one being repentance, um, ministering, making and keeping our covenants. And if you think about the atonement, these are all part of that, right? The atonement is really that at one meant with Christ. And as we minister, we help each other do that. As we return to him or repent, we help we help ourselves and others see that process. One of the things I love about the definition of God's power, because that seems really big. Like, what does that even mean? When we access yeah. the power of the atonement, what does that mean? And he, Richard G. Scott offered a definition that I really love. And he said, the power of God is the power to do more than we can do by ourselves. And I think it, it really just helps me understand so much better um, and feel the spirit of the atonement in a way that I hadn't before that power to do more than I could do by myself. I really love that. In fact, it, it really, I don't know, hit my heart because I feel like that's really what I've been going through the last little while. I just feel like this push to change. And so when I read this question, you know, how can I tell if his atonement has affected my life? I just made me stop and think. And I think what it does for me is a it's this constant push to change. And like what Steve was saying, it's really just this constant thing. When I find myself uncomfortable, it probably means that that's when the atonement is here with me and that power you're talking about where I don't maybe know how to do it on my own, but I know with him I can. And this uncomfortable place I may be in is this push for me to look and to change and maybe reevaluate and return. That's how I know that the atonement has effect on my life is when there's this place where I, I know that God wants more for me. Yeah. And, and I love seeing that push in, in myself and in others. And it, it comes when we turn to our savior and when, uh, when we really access and feast on his words and, and turn towards him. And I, I love being inspired by those who, who are really just doing awesome things, serving others. And I, I am inspired by so many people around us. And the common denominator that I see in many of, of those things is that they have the capability to do things beyond their own because they have allowed the power of Christ's atonement into their lives to not just help them overcome weaknesses, but to build them up beyond beyond just the average person they would be without him. And and that's what I love. It it the influence and power goes beyond overcoming a negative score. It helps build a positive score. You go keep you keep going up the scale with with that influence and power in your life. Yeah. So this reminds me of an analogy I was thinking about. Emily loves analogies. I do. And she's good at them, guys. <laughs> you guys buckle up. I just You're feel about like analogies cool are stuff. everywhere in the world. <laughs> you just have to look at it. Anyway, but I've been a little obsessed about um, sourdough and taking care of the starter and making bread. I've probably made it, what, every week for a couple months now almost. I've been the benefactor of such <laughs> practice, and it is superb. 
I couldn't think of a, a better <laughs> hobby for my wife to take on than right. to, I think I'm going to try to get really good at baking sourdough, another delicious treat. But this, my whole obsession with this sourdough bread has made me think, and I watch it, I take care of this, this starter, right? And I call I, it her pet. Her pet. <laughs> Have you fed your pet today? Uh, and it's, it's not as complicated, I think, as people get on. Anyway, but. Um, so when I think about this atonement and what we're talking about growth and, and feasting and different things and how we can change with our savior, like more than we could on our own. If you look at what the ingredients are in just the starter, it's just flour and water. And that's how you actually start a starter. And somehow it just the natural organisms or something in the air or in the, whatever it is around gradually gets to where you have a starter and the starter is actually rather hard to kill. And it's just, you just have to feed it. Right. Anyway, you can even put it in a dormancy and you put it in your fridge and it slows things down. I mean, it's just the coolest thing and you can have it for years and years and years. I'm already feeling this analogy. I want to put myself in the fridge and just take a break often. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but so this thing is so simple and I had, I had two jars I had put two starters in and one I had, the, and they're the same amount of flour and water and starter that you put in and you watch them and they, um, they double in size if you feed it. And then over, I used one and I let one just sit there on the counter and it just sat there and it, you could see where, when it rises, you can see the level it hits and almost triples in size sometimes. But then it goes back down after it's had its like rise and it goes back down and just sits there. And I fed, so I used one. And so then I had fed that one and I watched it. And all of a sudden the one jar just rose up about three times its size and the other one just sat there. And then over time it started getting a little bit of water on the top, which is a sign that your sour, your dough or your starter is hungry and you need to feed it. It's a pet. It's a pet. But when you use this sourdough and you put it in bread, all of a sudden, it's, I mean, literally sourdough bread is water, flour, and salt. And your starter, that's it. And all of a sudden it rises and it grows and you have this beautiful tasting dough. Um, but on its own, like that one starter that just sat there, on its own, it just doesn't grow. It doesn't do anything until we feed it. And then we rise and we grow and then sometimes we start and then we kind of drift back down and then we feed it again and we rise and we grow. And I just really feel like that's how we are in our Savior. I mean, we are just flour and water, right? But because of the starter and this this organisms and things that helps it grow, that's what the Savior, it takes just this tiny bit of water that literally is the same size and you put it together and all of a sudden it triples you. In size, and you couldn't have done that without that little starter. And same with bread. If you put flour and water and salt in a bowl and then baked it, I I I don't know how that would be. <laughs> Maybe, but it would probably be flat, and it wouldn't it wouldn't expand and grow yeah. to what it could be. But when you add that starter, all of a sudden it becomes this delicious thing that it n- would not have been without it. And I I just think that in my mind helps me learn about the savior in multiple ways. One, I need to feed myself with the savior so that I can triple in size. Um, and one that 
I can become something so much better because of him than I would on my own. Amen. Don't you guys love her? Yeah. I, I love the analogy of the sourdough and, and it's neat how the principles of the gospel can come to life in, in whatever principles you're engaged in. If you're making sourdough bread every week and you're studying the gospel, you start to see true principles manifested in the natural things that happen around us. And that's because the atonement of Jesus Christ and his power is a foundational power and influence in this whole world. So the gospel just resonates with all other things that we see. That's why there's so many analogies that we can draw from these, from this wonderful gospel. Oh, yeah. One thing that was also talked about in the Come Follow Me lesson was this, the song, I Know That My Redeemer Lives. And when I was reading over it, I realized that this also answers this question of how can I tell if his atonement has effect in my life? And it's neat because this song almost is a statement um, in each line of ways the Savior is in someone's life. And I just want to read a couple of lines that I, I really enjoyed. And it says, I know that my Redeemer lives. What comfort this sweet sentence gives. And I like how it says, he lives, he lives, he lives. And all of the, it's just a statement, right? This way of like showing that he overcame death and that he atoned for all of us. And that, and that these are some of the things that goes with that. To plead for me above, my hungry soul to feed, to bless in time of need, to grant me rich supply, to guide me with his eye, to comfort me when faint, to hear my soul's complaint, to silence all my fears, to wipe away my tears, to calm my troubled heart, all blessings to impart. He lives, my kind, wise, heavenly friend. He loves me to the end. And while he lives, I'll sing. And then I thought it was really neat because it moves from this uh, place of seeing where God is in a life to a statement of because you know that, it says, oh, sweet, the joy this sentence gives. I know that my Redeemer lives. And it becomes this testimony to you. When you recognize him and the effects he's having in your life, it becomes that testimony and that sweet joy that you know that your Redeemer lives because he knows you and you know him. And I just find that very comforting and, and a simple way for us to see if he has effect on us. So if you're confused with this question and you're wondering how you can really answer it, read this read this song and see if there's something that maybe touches you that you say, yes, actually he has done that for me. What I really liked was the section where he says he lives to silence all my fears. There are a lot of fears that, that just take us away from a place of action and a place of faith. And if he silences those fears and it empowers us with the ability to act, um, to wipe away my tears, calm my troubled heart. There's, there's a lot of troubled hearts out there in many ways, and he can provide that calm and peace in our lives. And I think we've all seen that if we can look back and reflect. Um, and then just my ever-living head is someone that if we let him be the head of our lives and guide us, then 
then that will open up even greater blessings in our life as we allow that power of the atonement of Christ into our to our daily lives. I love that. As you brought up, he lives to silence all my fears. That line stuck out to me as well. Um, in this same talk by Elder Kelly R. Johnson, he talks about references that the Lord taught through Paul that for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Clinging to those things will help us feel that power of the Savior. For me, I think the takeaway is as we're talking about all the different all the different blessings that we can have from the atonement of Jesus Christ is the the natural question is, well, that sounds great. How do I get that? How do right. I draw that into my life? And for me, I would love to just invite everyone to take some time to study the gospel of Jesus Christ, his words, his actions, how he is, and that will naturally bring you to a greater trust in his power and his abilities. And I've seen that in my own life and in the lives of many others. And and I think that's the key to having the power of the atonement more profound in, in our different lives. You've got to put in some flour and water to your starter. And it makes you grow. So and, you got, and sometimes you've got to put a little effort in to study because it will it will feed you. One of the other things I love in the Come Follow Me manual, they teach... Um, they talk a lot about writing it down. So one application, like Steve says, is to really study it, but then write down the truths that you know to be true or the evidence of it that you've seen in your own life, the experiences you've had. If you're not a writer, because I totally get that, takes forever, just record it on your phone. That will also help. And then in those moments of doubt or fear, you can go to those. The sooner you go to them, the better. So Yeah, I think it says three times in the yeah. lesson this week to write something of the truths of Christ. So, and thank you, Steve, for being You're here. welcome. Thanks for inviting I me. I just always love it when he's here. She loves. I can wink at him. <laughs> There's anyway. a lot of that. <laughs> anyway, we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. 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 Thank you guys for being here today. We're so glad that we got to spend some time with you. Yes, and we are all about application here and and what we can take away and little things we can do to apply in our lives. So one thing that we wanted to ask you guys or learn from you is what are ways you are finding application in your Come Follow Me lessons and, and things that you are learning about. And we'd love to hear what you're doing and gives us ideas too to work from. We, yeah, <laughs> what Emily said. <laughs> and anyway, so we can't wait to hear from you. All right, we'll talk to you guys later. Have a great week. Bye. This handsome guy is Steve, my husband. <laughs> That's Emily. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> we might need to do that again. Uh, I know you can't see him. I know, right? <laughs> I know you can't see him, but just trust me. He's a handsome one. <laughs> you can tell by his voice. <laughs> <laughs> we had to like. <laughs> Steve's like, oh, here we go. <laughs> we had to break in. Something about that red button just brings out all it's the, true. All the, the all the smiles. We're talking Book of Mormon. I'm sorry. Is this a no, this is good. doctrine? <laughs> or exclusive. <laughs> Only doctrine. No, no. <laughs> we have to but, edit all that. I know, right? I've also mm. been on a kick with pie lately. Oh, my <laughs> okay, goodness. Anyway, I wanted to make a good classic apple pie. I okay. need to move in. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, you're friends. You probably That's will get true. something. <laughs> anyway. Okay.